there's a lot to prove this season. I think that does say something about what all these Islanders always talk about, about what a good environment they've made here for the players. Don't eat peanut butter before trying to record something. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. Plenty of audio clips to play for you here in episode 167 to recap a busy week, even before the Islanders open their training camp. Hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, and I've just broken a cardinal sin of podcasting. Uh, Don't eat peanut butter before trying to record something. I'm really struggling here. I'm going to leg this out and really uh, try and do it for you guys, but... Look, I'm going to also try and walk the tightrope between the prospects and the veterans, uh, reviewing the prospect development camp, but obviously the main event looking ahead to training camp that starts uh, the players' report on Wednesday, uh, first on-ice session on Thursday, and then the first preseason game comes up real quick. It's next Tuesday. That's September 26th against the Rangers at UBS Arena as the Islanders fill out their six-game preseason slate as usual by playing home-and-home series with the Rangers, Devils, and Flyers. And like I said, plenty of audio clips for you this week because it, it was really fun to be around actual players after quiet off-season and summer. Everyone's catching up with each other and Really, uh, from a player standpoint, and why wouldn't this be the case? Everyone really itching to go. Bo Horvat coming out and saying he was really tired of the uh, the the off season skating. He wanted to get camp going as quickly as possible. But uh, there there was the prospect development camp out at Northwell Health uh, Ice Center in East Meadow that had uh, five days on ice. That ended on Tuesday. Uh, I'll get into some quick impressions on what I saw, and then Captain Anders Lee held his fundraising cancer jam at Northwell Health. Uh, That was on Saturday. There was pretty much full attendance from his teammates, and I I was told uh, this year's event, which was the first since 2019 because of the COVID-19 pandemic, it raised around $135,000, and since Anders got involved with this uh, uh, charity to help younger people with cancer and and their families. Uh, the fundraising efforts are over $2.2 million, which is just really incredible and, and good for Anders and, and really all the, uh, the teammates to, uh, to help him out there. And uh, two days later, the Islanders held their annual charity golf outing at Glen Oaks Club in Old Westbury. I believe that one raised uh, around $600,000, so also a good job there. Uh, getting the fundraising out and getting the charity events done uh, before training camp so everyone can uh, uh, start, you know, and concentrate on the job at hand. And uh, we'll start out at Glen Oaks um, with the charity golf because uh, beforehand uh, we got to speak to a few players and it was also uh, the media's first chance to speak to Coach Lane Lambert since the Islanders were li- were eliminated in Game 6 against the Hurricanes way back on April 28th. And uh, 
Uh, Lane was in a really good mood and um, never the most uh, forthcoming with information, but in a good mood, greeting everyone, smiling. He's certainly looking forward to the season, and he's looking forward to coaching these players again. And uh, here's Lane discussing uh, this year's team. Do you look at this as the same group or because, you know, Pierre came in late, Bo came in late, Barzi wasn't healthy, do you look at this as a, as a new group? I, I look at it as a new group, uh, you know, I mean, and I look at it also with, uh, you know, how we finished the season in terms of, you know, our last stretch of games where we we played very, very well heading into the playoffs. And those guys, uh, you know, Pierre and Bo and those guys came in and helped us out a lot. So. Uh, it to me, it's it's exciting to to start fresh with that group that we finished with. I, I know you know 38, 39, but how tough might it be to replace what Zach Parisi gave you guys the last couple of seasons? Well, uh, you know Zach. I mean Zach's a, a true professional. Uh, you know it wasn't just you know his production. It was his shot blocking, his leadership. Uh, you know certainly. Uh, He'll be missed, but we, we have uh, players in the organization that are going to get opportunities, and we're excited about that and look forward to seeing them. Of course, everybody and all their relatives are optimistic at this time of year, and it's not just in the NHL. Talk to anyone down at baseball spring training in late February, early March, you'll hear the same thing, or you know, NFL training camp the uh, fourth week of July. You know, everyone's going to win the Super Bowl. Everyone has a chance at the World Series. Um, it's not surprising to hear the Islander players or, or, or Lane Lambert sound so confident in the team's chances, as everyone has so far, um, the team's chances of making a deeper run into the playoffs. And the obvious goal, of course, being to win the organization's first Stanley Cup since 1983. But the, the flip side here, of course, and we've discussed this a lot, uh, and we, uh, I believe we said the same thing last season, but look, the, the flip side is this is very, very likely a season that will determine whether Lane Lambert entering year two as the Islanders coach holds this job uh, for the foreseeable future or not. And, and I believe the same is true of Lou Lamarillo entering his sixth year as president and GM. Or uh, Look, Lou has not lost any enthusiasm or energy in the job. And really, the only reason you know he's 80 and turning 81 uh, just a week into the regular season is because you've probably looked up his age online. You you would not tell when you talk to him or you, you work with him. Uh, other people try and keep up with Lou. It's not Lou trying to keep up with other people. But even with a new deal, and look, nothing was ever officially reported by the Islanders. My understanding via my reporting was that he received a new deal this offseason, uh, which I further believe is a three-year extension. But uh, even with that new deal, ownership could very well decide to go in a different direction for next season if this one does not go well for this team. And if Lou is not here, I suspect the new boss, new GM, new president, whether they hire two people uh, for those roles or keep it consolidated as one, I, I suspect the new boss would want his own coach. So again, I, I think this is 
Lane Lambert and, and Lou Lamarillo, there, there's a lot to prove this season, even though it's essentially the same group coming back. But like I said, everybody is optimistic at this time of the year. And, and like I said, it, it really is, for all intents and purposes, the same team. You, look, I'm not going to underestimate losing Zach Parisi, who, even though he's turning 39 shortly, we, we saw um, the tenacity and the consistency and the energy Zach gave on the third line uh, over the past two seasons. And he was a you know really good penalty killer for this team. And he was a net front presence on, on the second power play unit. And obviously things did not go as well. That's not you know necessarily what Zach's putting at the top of the resume right now. But it, it really it was that tenacity on the third line and, and, and the offensive production. 21 goals is, is hard to replace. Also not around is Josh Bailey. He was the longest tenured Islander. He, but everyone could sort of see that uh, the paths were going in different directions. Lane Lambert made him, uh, Josh a, a healthy scratch 10 of the last 12 games. Uh, Bales did not play in the playoffs any of those six games against the Hurricanes. He was traded to Chicago, promptly bought out the final season of his uh, six-year $30 million deal. He will go to camp on a professional tryout offer with Ottawa, trying to earn a contract up there. And if not with Ottawa then uh, Bales, you know, certainly hopes what he puts on tape will interest another team. But, uh, you know, there, there's some familiarity uh, up in Ottawa. Uh, obviously, the, the old Islanders coach, Jack Capuano, is an assistant there. And uh, the Senators coach, DJ Smith, has a relationship with uh, Bales that goes back to junior hockey. Uh, Travis Hominick is still there, I believe, as well. So it, it, it should be a comfortable spot for Bales um, to, to try and make a team. But, uh, you know, minus Parisi, minus Josh Bailey, that, that's about it. Otherwise, you know, it, it's last year's team. But the, the players, and this is, you know, kind of neither here nor there, whether it's a new group, same group, whatever, it's just semantics, right? But the players are sort of looking at it as a new group because Bo Horvat and Pierre Engvall arrived during the season, and in Ingvall's case, late in the season. Um, and uh, now they're, they're both entering their first training camps with uh, the Islanders. Horvat starting an eight-year extension. Ingvall got a seven-year deal uh, this offseason. And look, those two are part of the core, and they're going to be part of the core long-term. So uh, uh, Lou's offseason priority was signing his own unrestricted free agents. He did so. Um, backup goalie Semyon Varlamov is back. Defenseman Scott Mayfield got a seven-year deal. Uh, like like Engvall, Mayfield and Engvall's deals stretched out to seven years. Seven years that keeps their salary cap hits lower than it would have been otherwise. Um, low give and take there, but those two are back. Varley, uh, Hudson Fashing, sort of last year's find on wing. Uh, also got a, a new two-year deal. And, and, and plus, don't forget that uh, franchise goalie Ilya Sorokin received a commensurate but very lucrative eight-year extension uh, that kicks in next season. So Lou got his own re-sign, but like I said, that just sort of makes it 
the same team, and uh, you're looking at a team that was knocked out in the first round of the playoffs after not making the, the playoffs uh, the, the season before. And really, down the stretch, it was touch and go as to whether <laughs> the Islanders were going to make the playoffs or not. So, um, you know, uh, again, it's it's counting on the fact that Bo Horvat and Pierre Engvall are going to be around all season. Uh, that's where they're counting on the improvement. And also having Matthew Barzell uh, healthy uh, all season after he missed, uh, you know, time uh, from February on, uh, right up until the playoffs. Um, he was, that was a significant loss, of course. But, uh, uh, like I said, Scott Mayfield gets a seven-year deal. Um, he had said all along last season that this is where he wanted to be. And, uh, uh here's Scott Mayfield discussing the contract negotiations and, uh, whether there were any ups and downs. I think lose, you know, his words, his word. Uh, what he says goes, and you know, for me, it's something that there's trust on both sides that we both wanted it to work. So it, uh, it took some time, um, really boiled down to the end. <laughs> Obviously, there were some ups and downs, and that's part of negotiations and part of talks. And um, you know, I can't can't say anything but great things about him, the way he handled it. Um, you know, the communication was always open. It was, uh, you know, somewhat of an easy process. There's definitely the little nitpicking stuff, but uh, no, it got done, and it, it, it's just it was happy for me, my family, and you know, I I, I love this team. I think I think what we have is special, and uh, you know, I like what he's built. So it's uh, it's good to be back. Fellow defenseman Ryan Pulak was among those very happy that the Islanders re-signed Scott Mayfield, and uh, uh, five of the six defense spots are really locked up here with, uh, you know, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, Noah Dobson, and Alexander Romanov. Um, so, it, 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 you know, you talk about the same team. Uh, it, that's that's the group there, and they're looking for a sixth defenseman who may very well be Sebastian Ajo, who was the sixth defenseman last year. Uh, that That's one thing we'll look at in training camp. But, uh, Ryan Pulak was was very happy that Scott Mayfield re-signed, and you got to remember that Pulak, Pellick, and Mayfield pretty much came up together through Bridgeport at the same time, and they all sort of established themselves um, with the Islanders within sort of the same time frame. Uh, anyway, they they've been you know uh, the, this trio of defensemen for uh, for a long time, so. Uh, you know, I asked Ryan Pulak about uh, staying together with Pelican and Mayfield and also his thoughts on um, not being able to see Josh Bailey around in training camp. You know, now I think it, it is special. I think you look back to even kind of the group of guys before us and how much time they've spent together and um, how much, you know, obviously we haven't won a Stanley Cup, but, you know, we've gone on some runs and, and I think we're we're getting closer and, you know, I always kind of just say you got to get in the playoffs and then you, you never know. And I think we're a team that's built for that. We get in the playoffs and you never know. Um, I think teams would definitely be scared, scared um, to play us, um, which is great. But back to your question, I mean, I think it's so special that you can come up with guys like that. Like, I mean, obviously I lived with Adam um, when we first turned pro and, you know, playing with Scotty. Scotty, you know, had a year under his belt when I came in, so he was, you know, great help of just helping us be comfortable. And and then now to be here today and all sign longer term deals, and 
um, still be together and with the same group of guys. And, you know, we've had our ups and downs. We've, we've had success. We've had, you know, some failure, failures and, um, you know, just have the opportunity to continue to grow and, you know, just try to, you know, build build together and win a Santa Cup. By, by, the, by, by the same token, you're not going to have bails in training camp. How, you know, I, I know what he meant to you guys, but, mm-hmm. you know, do you just shuck that off as part of the business or, or, or does that one hurt a little bit? Well, it's part of the business for sure. I mean, there's always, it, it happens everywhere, but... You know, at the same time, he he was you know such a good guy that that got along with everyone and everyone loved him. And I mean, you understand you understand that part of it. It's you know it's you can't keep everyone. There's there's business to be done, and and it's the way it worked out. But um, obviously, you know, it was an honor to be able to play with him and and the career he had here on Long Island and some of the special moments he had throughout his years. Um, you know, I think should be remembered. Um, he's kind of been through it all through the organization, and and it never seemed to bother him. He always, you know, he always found a way to keep even keel and and have a smile on his face and be there for his friends and his teammates. And so, I'm glad that we got to you know play some years together and um you know i'm glad i got to know him better over the last few years and become you know close friends with him and cherish kind of the time i was able to play with him because he is a special person and a special player and we'll definitely miss him but uh like you said it it is part of the business when lou lamarillo announced zach parisi would not be attending training camp he he said it was not his belief that zach parisi was retired, and he, and Lou certainly held out the possibility of Zach Parisi joining the team at a later date this season, and uh, even said he was holding on to Zach's number eleven, sort of as a carrot out on the string. And uh, we we've talked to several of the players about Zach, and they they all at some point they would love to see Zach come back at some point this season. Um, I thought Matt Barzell had. You know, kind of the, I guess the, uh, the 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 funniest take on it. But here's Matthew Barzell when he when he was asked about Zach uh, possibly returning at some point. It'd be great. Um, yeah, I mean Zach's had a great year last year. He brings, um, aside from being you know a good player, he also also brings just work ethic off the ice and professionalism every day. And um, yeah, he's fun to be around. So. You know, Zach, if you're, if you're watching, get back here. <laughs> uh, we'd love to have him back. Now, I, I mentioned Semyon Varlamov, and, you know, all last season he indicated he wanted to return. I talked to him before the trade deadline when it would seem the logical thing uh, maybe would have been to trade him, uh, get a little capital back for him. That did not happen, obviously, and, uh, you know, Lou wound up re-signing him to a four-year, $11 million deal, and, um, you know, I, I caught up with him briefly at the golf outing, you know, just off the record, nothing uh, nothing official, but, you know, I just wanted to wish him well, uh, you know, and, and his family, and, you know, congratulate him on getting the deal that he wanted, I'll be honest, I mean, the smile, he couldn't contain his smile. Uh, being back here. And I think that does say something about what all these Islanders always talk about, about what a good environment uh, they've made here for the players. And look, 
Varley would have or could have played more somewhere else um, if he had wanted to. I'm still convinced of that. Um, If you look at it, if everything goes right with Ilya Sorokin this season, you're looking at Varley maybe not playing more than 20 to 22 games. And if the Islanders do reach the playoffs, you know who's going to be in net. Um, It's not going to be Varley. So, yeah, I, I, I can't even do justice to how happy and and more so how relieved he seemed to be uh, just to be able to stay with the Islanders. So, like I said, very happy for Varley. Um, you know, w- what to look for in this training camp? And obviously, not many positions open. If you go down through it, possibly 13 of the 14 uh, forward positions are spoken for. That's, you know, whether you think Oliver Wallstrom is a lock or not coming off that knee injury. Um, uh, possibly five or six of seven defense spots are locked up, depending on uh, how well Sebastian Ajo plays or, you know, when obviously the two goalie spots. So you're you're really looking at maybe competing for three roster spots here. Uh, in training camp, and I, I got to tell you, with, with the salary cap, that is more and more the case um, in these training camps that I cover. It used to be, you know, when I started 2003, was even before the first salary cap. You went into camp, and sure, there were guys on big contracts that you knew were going to be there, but it, it it wasn't as, you know locked in as it seems to be now. Every team really seems to be, you know, there only really seems to be one or two spots possibly. And I, I just think that it gets tighter and tighter each year for the younger players to to, to make the team out of training camp uh, for sure. Um, some of the questions in, in training camp, and we'll, we'll start with Bo Horvat. How much more comfortable will he look and you know, he says he's so much more comfortable. How does that translate into uh, offensive production? You know, it, it was it was a scrambly season for Bo. Uh, he starts as the Canucks captain, um, but they clearly are not going to resign him after offering J.T. Miller or resigning J.T. Miller instead of him. Gets traded here. Really good start. Three goals, first four games. Playing with Barzell looked like. There's something there, and then Barzell gets hurt, and Bo was playing a lot of minutes, and it just seemed to wear him down. And uh, again, you know, now he's had the offseason. Him and his family are settled on Long Island. He knows his teammates. He's going to go through a training camp with this team. How does that translate into his production on the ice? And that's going to be crucial for the Islanders this season. Also crucial, I I believe, uh, you know, when you talk about getting the the power play going or, you know, some more scoring amongst the top six is how does Oliver Wallstrom look uh, coming off that uh, knee injury in December that cost him the rest of the season? Captain Anders Lee, who went through the same thing, says it's just going to feel different for Wally at the beginning, um, you know, as, as the knee continues to uh, strengthen. But how does he look and can he finally sort of unlock all that potential that everyone wants to see there and uh you know the 11th overall pick um in 2018 um 
can he fight his way into the top six? I, I think that would be what's best for the Islanders is if Wally and that, that, that strong, you know, wrister and that blistering shot on the power play, I, I think the Islanders' best chances are if Oliver Wallstrom is, is playing the way everyone ultimately thinks he can. Um, and look, he's also on a one-year prove-it deal, so it behooves Wally to start quickly and, uh, and not get, you know, bumped out of the rotation because that will probably bump him out of the organization uh, next offseason. Uh, any of the prospects crack the lineup? You're talking about, you know, not many spots. Obviously, uh, the one guy that comes to mind is Samuel Bolduc. Um, who I think should compete for that sixth defense spot. Um, he would be my leading candidate, but up front, you, you have William DeFore, who, who got a little look last season, and you know his size is good. You just know at some point this season there's going to be injuries to the lineup, particularly on, on that fourth line. And again, not wishing you know Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sezikis, or Matt Martin any you know, ill will. It's just, if you look at the past few seasons, they've all missed time uh, and, and significant time, uh, particularly uh, clutter. So uh, yeah, these prospects are going to have to be ready at some point. And, and Dufour is there and Ruslan Ishikov. And I think I got that right finally. Uh, I've been practicing all week. Um, you know, they're, they're Matthew Maggio, and I'll talk about these guys in a little bit, but can any of these prospects crack the lineup? It's going to be very hard. It's a numbers game. Um, the sixth defenseman uh, spoke about Sebastian Ajo probably being the leader in the clubhouse, but uh, Samuel Bolduc, uh I, I think, is going to get a long, long look here. And uh, will Alexander Romanov be ready uh, for the start of training camp? He, of course, had an off-season Shoulder surgery after missing some time late last season. The first uh, two games of the playoffs, really paying, playing through some uh, immense pain uh, through the playoffs. Uh, Lou Lamarillo said Romanov might be the one Islander who does not get on the ice right at the start of training camp. And Lou was talking about an abundance of caution there. Um Again, you know, those are questions for training camp. The overriding question here, as I've mentioned, is uh, how do they improve this season with essentially the same team, just one year older? And uh, here's Anders Lee's thoughts on that subject. Well, when we got going, obviously we dealt with some, you know, natural stuff throughout the year last year with consistency. We had a tough January, but we did a lot of good things down the stretch, and we're a really good hockey team, uh, and we came up short in a, in a tight series, and um, obviously doesn't sit well and um, not where we want it to be, but there's a lot to work off of, but at the same time, it's a new year. You know, we get to start fresh here. Every year is different regardless of the roster and everything, so it presents its own challenges and its own opportunities. Now, I mentioned Hudson Fashing last offseason. It, it proved to be a sneaky good uh, signing by Lou offseason. He worked hard enough and essentially finally willed himself into a full-time NHL role after bouncing around between the Coyotes and the Sabres, pretty much going back to 2015. Still just 28. If he plays 75, 80 games, he should be able to improve on his 10 goals and 9 assists in 49 games last season. He gets a two-year deal at $775,000 per. 
But that little bit of certainty, uh, he says, does not change his mindset from last training camp when he was battling to earn a spot somewhere in the organization. I, I don't really want to change my mindset too much, you know, to be honest. You know, it was, it was a successful mindset to, you know, continue to try to, you know, think about just trying to earn my spot. And, you know, I, that's, that's what I want to do again. And I want to continue to have that same mindset of, you know, fighting for a spot and fighting for playing time. And, you know, it's always the same. So I just want to, you know, stay hungry and keep that mindset. Now, turning to the development camp, and, and let me just say this. I'm not a scout. I don't pretend to play one on TV. Yes, I've seen a lot of hockey in my career, but I am still making less expert-like assessments than scouts and and, and executives who do that for a living. Um, Development camp had just 23 players. You didn't see a lot of scrimmaging. They didn't have a scrimmage until Sunday, so sometimes it's sort of tough to gauge what you're seeing and you know, in skating drills or, you know, along the walls, uh, you, you can get some stuff here and there. Here, just running through the notebook, here are a few things that did stand out a little bit to me. Uh, Etu Liukas, his physicality and size as a forward prospect. Um, and again, uh, you know, he's probably going to play uh, this season still overseas. But he's looking forward to, as you'll hear in a little bit, just getting on that smaller ring and, you know, using his size to, to play in the, the more physical North American style. Um, I, I think I think he'd do well. He, he was really smiling when he was talking about that prospect. Uh, defenseman Isaiah George, um, the fourth rounder, look, his, his on-ice presence, he looks very calm. He, he transitions the puck well up the ice and out of danger in the defensive zone. I, I think everyone in the organization is pretty high on him. He's going back for another season of junior hockey. He's only 19. He's not AHL eligible, but he's one of those down-the-line guys to keep an eye on. Um, William DeFore, uh, he worked on his skating this summer. It, it shows. Um, it, it really does. And, and he, he looks... Uh, again, just in development camp, and he's had some NHL experience, so you would think he would be confident in a, a prospect camp. But, you know, as Rick Kowalski, the Bridgeport coach who ran the on-ice sessions, talked about, it, it's all about consistency with William DeFore. That's, what go, that's what's going to get him to the NHL eventually. And uh, uh, Rick saw a lot of consistency in, in DeFore's game, and I saw some good skating for him. Um Matthew Maggio, everyone's, you know, the expectations kind of got sky high for this kid after having a breakout junior season, um, or breakout season in juniors. Uh, he was the Ontario Hockey League's most outstanding player. We'll see, you know, how that translates to training camp. I'm pretty sure he's not ready for the NHL quite yet, although, you know, look, the goal for all of these players is to make that jump as quickly as they can. He probably uh, needs to go to Bridgeport, work on his defense a little bit. He's got a great attitude. Um, He's very confident in himself, and and he does look like he can handle the puck and get off a shot really well, and that he could, you know, contribute some offense here down the line. Uh, it may even be this season. Um, I just don't think right off the start. Uh, as I mentioned, Ruslan Ishikov, um, 
he's small, but he is speedy and darty too. And, uh, you know, he keeps his head up and, and he plays on and off the puck with a lot of confidence. Um, I, he was getting the job done along the walls, um, and, and he just switched to wing last year. So, uh, you know, he, I, I could see him getting some NHL games, you know, a, a little bit of time at some point this season as well. And, and and Simon Holmstrom was also in development camp. Now, he's played 50 games for the Islanders last year. He's still on his entry-level deal. Both Holmstrom and the Islanders need to see more offensive production out of his game. Um, he can be sent to Bridgeport without exposure to waivers. I, I would have liked to seen him unleash his shot a little bit more in development camp and be more confident with that. That's what he's talking about. So, uh Oh, look, here's Rick Kowalski on what stood out to him uh, in development camp. And you talk about experts. He was on the ice with these guys. You got to be careful not getting too excited because these guys are young guys. and they're, But you can see guys have started, in my opinion, starting to settle in a little more and kind of slide into their, I don't want to say identity, but but probably the reason they got here. Like, Lucas, you know, you saw, saw the counter hit in the corner there, and you, he's, you know, the scrimmage you saw, you know, it was good that we were able to scrimmage, even though we're short numbers, just to see him in game situations. Um, so you've seen a little bit of that edge or grittiness that, um, you know, you're watching so many guys, so many of these guys are new, I don't know them, and I'm trying to just, you know, pick up parts of their game each day. Um, I think a lot of the D have, have looked really good. I like George again today. Um, just in the transition drills we did, and then again in the scrimmage, um, you know, Fulp and Mitchell, who we had a bit last year, they, for really this, their first camp, they look pretty comfortable out there, and, and I know it's just a rookie camp, um, but it's good to see, and then again, you know, I, I think Dufour's been consistent, and that's going to be, that's going to be what he's going to need to do to become an everyday NHLer. I mean, a lot of these guys, you see stuff in flashes, and it's about consistency, and so far so good. Uh, he's looked sharp. I thought Ish looked real good today, and again, a scrimmage, you know, probably gets his juices flowing a little more, um, getting him in game situations. So again, like I said early on, a little bit better book on a lot of guys, and now that we're into day four, and um, you know, and just looking forward to, uh, you know, each day, looking for these guys to keep keep bringing it. Yeah, I spoke about Matthew Maggio and being the OHL most outstanding player. Here's Maggio, who's a very engaging guy to talk to. Uh, here's a little bit about you know where he sees his game. Uh, being able to have such such a good year last year, I owe a lot of that to to the kind of the, the culture and the place that I was in. Uh, when I went to Bridgeport, they they sat me down and told me that they wanted to see me at work, everyone in that league every every single day. So. Uh, even uh, I would get calls from player development guys in New York and uh, I would come off a, a big night or something like that and they'd be like, what happened on that back check though? Stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they wanted to see a full full effort and, and full game. So I think that's something that can kind of get away from you when you're an older guy in junior where you kind of just, just care about the, the offense and right. know that you can get away with things. But I really tried to make it a mission to play a full 200-foot game and uh, and really try to improve in that area. And I think that's something that uh, kind of has helped me going into this year where I do feel like I'm in a better place defensively. I, I know I still have a lot to go um, to be where I want to be defensively. But, yeah, I think coming off that year and then coming here and just being more acclimated with the guys. And I've always kind of had a belief in myself where I know that I can do this. 
um, I, I think it's it's kind of always stuck with me. But now I'm in a point where my first year I just wanted to come in and kind of get used to it, and now I'm on a mission. So whether it's this year, or next year, uh, and however many years, I'm gonna not stop working until I, I get that done, and then uh, keep working so I can stay. And I mentioned uh, Itu Liukas and adapting to a more physical game. So uh, he and I chatted about that a little bit. Obviously, the, the, the North American game, a little more physical, right? Yeah, I mean, you certainly seem to have the body for that. You know, how excited are you about, you know, eventually bringing what you do over here? I'm really excited. Um, obviously, back in Europe, that's not the... The game is not maybe so physical, and then uh, obviously here, smaller ring, a lot of like more battles and all that stuff. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. You, you're getting a lot of that, you know, the last two days. I know Rick Scott, you're doing like one on one, two on twos, work along the boards. You know, is, is that something you know comfortable with that? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's that's the uh, you know. My game, that's, yeah. that's the style of my, my game, and, and um, obviously it's so good that we, we practice practice those little things there, and uh, um, yeah, I'm enjoying that. Yeah. How, how would you describe your game, and you know, how, how do you think the development has gone, you know, as you grow a little bit older? Um, obviously, last year, jumping to the another league team, um, for, like getting away from home, um, yeah. you know, getting know the new people there and, and uh, learning, you know, living by myself there. Yeah. Obviously, that was a good, good choice for me. Um, then getting to the men's national team, that was obviously a big step for me and a dream come true moment for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things have like been there and uh, you know last year I was learning so much from national team and, and uh, you know living by myself so yeah. obviously yeah that was a good choice to, to move to another city and likewise I, I got uh, a, a chance to have a chat with Ishikov about his development and, and using his speed uh, you know with his size to to avoid guys running him in, in the NHL and the AHL. Well, the next step in the NHL, you know, yeah. that's the only thing that we think about, you know, for the, throughout the whole season. But, uh, yeah, I think I adjusted pretty pretty good playing the wing because that was my first pro year playing like that. And uh, I think I got more mature, you know, in, in terms of, like, you know, making uh, smart plays. And, uh, but, yeah, the next step is just, you know, be the best version of myself, show my best in the camp and trying to crack the roster. Yeah. How are you, you know, I guess one of the things you, you're going to have to know is you know, how do you use your speed maybe to stay away from some of the physical, you know, guys yeah. trying to run you into the wall. How, how comfortable are you that, that you can do that? Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable because I think I, like, you know, I always, always was on the smaller side. And I yeah. think I learned throughout my whole career that I got to use my size as an advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been doing this pretty good and, you know, trying to avoiding the hits. And, uh, yeah, I think it's been, it's been pretty good for me. And with that, it's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And like I said, we're going to just do this real rapid fire. Just a, just a trio of questions here. But Nietzsche uh, says, if it were your call, what would the starting lineup, lines, D pairs look like? Well, uh, you didn't mention goalie, but obviously Sorokin, right? Um, 
My top line to start, and, and we spoke to Matt Barzell about this at the charity event. I asked Matt, you know, whether Pierre Engvall was really the one Islander uh, forward who could keep up or, or match his speed. And, uh, and Barzy seemed to agree with that. And he, he said, you know, he said to Pierre Engvall, he flies, quote unquote. And uh, Barzy said, you know, he, he knows that Pierre and Brock Nelson and, and Kyle Palmieri had a good thing going last season. But, you know, Barzy wouldn't mind giving it a try, seeing, you know, how that worked with Engvall. So I, I'm going to start there. And, you know, the other big question in training camp is whether Matt Barzell is a center or a wing. It certainly seems like he's going to start out uh, on right wing. Bo Horvat will be in the middle. Those two both, without officially saying it, seem to indicate the plan was for them to stay together and, and, and form a line. But I, I would start with Pierre Engvall and Matt Barzell and Bo Horvat. Um, as a line, and I would I would have Matt Barzell in the middle, just have Bo Horvat take the face-offs, because I love Barzell's creativity in, in the middle. So I go Ingvall, Barzell, Horvat. Uh, second line, I'll switch Kyle over to the left side, and that is, and this is what we're talking about. I, I want to see something really good out of Oliver Wallstrom uh, this season. Uh and I think the Islanders need it. But if if Wally is going well, I, I would have Palmieri, Nelson, and Wallstrom as a second line. And then I, I would have uh, Anders Lee skating with J.G. Pajot and Hudson Fashing. Um, and that that leaves out Julian Gauthier, the, uh, the former uh, Ranger, who I think is going to be strongly in the mix as well. Um, but for now, I would start with Lee Pajot fashing and then Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck, uh, knowing that, you know, that, that Gauthier is going to push for playing time as well. Uh, on the back end, I've got Pelican Pulak. I just feel more comfortable when those two are together. Uh, Romanov Dobson, uh, saw some things starting with those guys, uh, last season. Want to build off of that. And then my third pair, uh, I would like I would like Bolduc with Mayfield from the start. I'd like to see uh, Bolduc. I like Sebastian Ajo. He grew his game last year. He he certainly cut down on the turnovers and the on ice mistakes. And he's a he's a very serviceable defenseman. And he'll probably start the season as as the sixth guy. I just think Bolduc just has a higher upside uh, in terms of what he might be able to give you on a power play or, or you know, with his size. So I would go Pelik Pulak, Romanov Dobson, Bolduk Mayfield. And uh, let's see, Thomas Boyle says, uh, I feel they desperately need offense and uh, uh, their season could be over before Thanksgiving if they don't get the offense. Um do you see the Islanders making a trade before the season starts next month? And and I don't, and that's not really an Islander thing. I think that's an NHL thing. I just think every team is so tight against the cap. And, and that's why you didn't really see much, a, a ton of movement in the offseason in terms of trades. Every team is trying to squeeze out what they had. So... I, I don't see the trade market loosening um, before the season. And uh, finally, L.I. Strong says, which Isles prospect do you see by year's end having the biggest impact? 
Also, in your opinion, does Oliver Wallstrom provide his first 20-plus goal campaign? And, uh, uh, well, I, I mean, I've sort of telegraphed it here. I, I really think um, Samuel Bolduc is in line to have a huge impact this season. And I also sort of think the same thing about William DeFore, uh down the line. Like I said, I think there are going to be some injuries here, as there always are. I, I think he's poised to step in and, and maybe grab a, a spot. Um, as for Wally providing his first 20-plus goal campaign, you know, I, I guess I have to say yes. I was going to say no, but then I realized I've got him skating in the top six. So if I have him in the top six, then... You know, I'm believing in his ability to score. So, yeah, I think Wally has to provide his first 20-plus goal campaign. Otherwise, I, I, I don't really see him getting another shot in the organization. So, uh, that's it. I appreciate your questions. I appreciate you listening. Really looking forward to uh, getting into training camp this week and uh, talking to you next time on the next episode of Island Ice. And until then, happy hockey, everybody.